Welcome to the Leverage Ladies Podcast with Linda McKissick and Shannon Dager. Each episode of this show, we will take on conversations about the biggest assets you have working for you, your team members. We will hear stories and conversations from successful business leaders, authors, and executives, and learn how they have used leverage to grow and expand to the next level. If you are looking to grow or expand your business, this is the show for you. Now, let's talk leverage. Welcome to The Leverage Ladies. This is a podcast where we have inside conversations with top experts and business owners about their journey to finding leverage, growing their organization, and achieving work-life balance. These are perspectives and stories you will not hear anywhere else. We are your hosts, Linda McKissick and Shannon Dager. We are business owners and business partners who've committed to leveraging our way to freedom so that we can achieve financial peace and have a life by design. As lifelong learners who run multiple organizations, we know that you can achieve more by focusing on building organizational support and leverage. To go along with these interviews each week, we are putting together a roadmap for you to follow along as you are implementing leverage into your business. Our speakers will be sharing documents and resources with you as well. Be sure to listen to the end every week to find out where you can find each week's piece of the roadmap. We highly encourage you to check out the resources. Now let's get started. Today on the show, we're super excited. We have Mr. Rich Rector, and Rich happens to be somebody who's been my coach in the past. He's done training for me in my region, and so Rich and I go way back and super excited because I know Rich is a wealth of information, especially around the topic of recruiting and leverage. So welcome, Rich. Well, thank you for having me. Rich, we're super excited. I want to start with like telling everybody a little bit about you. Because as Linda said, you were her coach. So you would know me from the day that I first met you, which was when I was in your rock star recruiting class. And so I remember, you know, listening to you and all of the things that you had developed and just, I mean, you were a wealth of information and giving back to us as team leaders at the time. And so, but you have your hands in so many different pots and have built so many big businesses. Would you tell all of our listeners just a little bit about what you've developed and maybe where you came from and why you've kind of gone down this path? Sure, sure. So I've been in in real estate for, gosh, um, 32 years. Can't believe I'm saying that. And I've uh, had the privilege of being a coach for about 20 years and about 15 with Keller Williams and, and Maps. I got my starts before coaching. In the real estate business, um, was actually going to go after being an agent, was going to go and, and run and manage an office in, in a, a big regional company here in Southern California. And um, the owner knew that I had a recruiting background and some success with that and, and in the past with Emma, with uh, multi-level marketing in my 20s and said, you know what, I want to grow this company and and uh, kind of gave me the, the keys and the green lights and just build a recruiting division for his company. And I did that for about six years and was able to create systems and scale those through leverage in my, my late 20s at that point and recruited about 2,500 agents year period. So Mike Ferry at the time, who had a big coaching company down the road from us, found out about it and said, hey, I have clients that need that, need to learn how to do that. So I became a coach for his company. And then that's when I met Tony and, and Diana at Keller Williams, uh, because Tony and I worked together at Mike Ferry's. And they said, you got to come to Keller Williams to check this out. This is all about recruiting. It's right up your alley. So that was about 15 years ago. And I've been a coach for, for Keller Williams ever since. 
So you're not just a coach. What other businesses have you, like, how has that gone off? Tell me about the past. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Carol Williams is truly where is an entrepreneur company where entrepreneurs thrive, right? And um, that's also my passion is I, I, I love business. And so right now I have 13 businesses. And when I came to Keller Williams, it was just me. And that's it. And my coach, me being a coach, you know, now that's grown into a couple market centers. I'm an operating principal. I have eight cyberbacker franchises. I have a mortgage company, an escrow company. So it's allowed me to, to really be an entrepreneur and expand. And, and really, you know, leverage has been the key to that. Back in my early days, when I was building the recruiting division for that real estate company, I had I had people that worked for me that I had to teach how to do that so I could scale so that we're recruiting 35, 40 people a month. So kind of at, a, at an early age, you know, I saw the power of people and leverage. I love that. And, you know, when you talk about leverage through people, no one gets leveraged through people without learning how to recruit those people, right? Yes. Rich has recruited over 3,000 agents. That's 3,000. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about how, how that works in your organization, Rich. So recruiting is really about attracting people through supporting their vision and their goals and their dreams, right? Early on, before I became a, a real estate recruiter in kind of that multi-level space, people get into that, that arena because they want a better quality of life. They want to. They want to expand. They want to make more money. They want to have these. They have these big dreams, and and they want to see that come to fruition. And so that's a, a vehicle to be able to do that um, on the side of whatever they're doing, or or full time. So real estate's the same thing. So it's it's really you know you're an independent contractor. So you know what's your potential? What do you want to create for yourself? And really empowering people through getting them to get clear on what their vision, their goals, and their dreams are. And then helping them see the path of accomplishing that and overcoming their challenges through you as a leader and through the tools and systems that you have to help them get there. And when you have evidence that other people have gone before them and followed that path with you, then people start coming. So that's kind of in a, in a nutshell, I think, overall, how you do that, it's easier said than done. But, but yet it's, it's about that. It's about people and helping them get what they want. And getting them clear on what they want. You know, I remember your rock star recruiting class also watching my leaders go through it. Why do you think so many people struggle with making those calls? And I mean, even with evidence that you've changed people's lives, evidence that the person wouldn't, their lives wouldn't be as enhanced as they are without you, someone making a call to them or whatever. But yet so many people still are really reluctant and just really struggle to make a call to recruit someone to create leverage. So yeah. what, how do you think that is? <clears throat> a mindset. I, I really think it's about mindset. It's they're making it about themselves. They're making mm -hmm. it to look good. The fear of rejection, you know, all of those things that really don't mean anything. I mean, 90% of the people that woke up today didn't want to get a recruiting call. So you have to understand that they don't want to move, you know, today. So that that's not... So when you call them up and they say, no, I don't want to move, you can't just cave because that's their reality. So you have to understand that they're content where they're at. They fear change and they don't want to move. And so this is a process of, of creating the conversation, creating the relationship. So if I have the mindset that I'm calling to help somebody, to your point, 
I'm calling to share the good news. I'm calling to, to help them reach their potential, overcome their challenges. And if that's my mindset, it's more of a customer service call in my mindset and my approach versus, oh my gosh, I got to hit these recruiting numbers. I hate calling people and all that the phone and in your mindset and, and it just becomes a disaster. So we create this obstacle for ourselves without the right mindset. So I guess that's how I would would answer that and what I've seen over the years of literally coaching thousands of leaders through that space and that fear is, is that. So true. And I always tell them in my recruiting class that we're not good enough to make a seller sell, a buyer buy, or an agent join. So just take that off the table. All we can do is build a relationship. If we have the validity, build a relationship with somebody and get them to self-discover that whatever dreams and goals they have can be better served with me or with the company or whatever. And I think it helps, but I still see a lot of people come from what Sid Walker would call ego instead of that spiritual side that says, God, who do you want me to help today? Yeah, exactly. Who is out there that wants you want me to help today? Yeah, and there has to be a more compelling reason for them to want to get a different result. Otherwise, that fear of change causes them to stay put. So if you have that mindset, you know, what is that different result that they want to get? And, and my job is to, to help them get clarity around that as a consultant, then it becomes a lot more fun. Because, you know, you've been, you've been in the recruiting space for a long time and recruited a tremendous amount of people. Recruiting can be um, monotonous and a grind, just like a top agent, just prospecting and prospecting. So you have to turn it into a game. And really the game is, is helping people. The game is, my mindset is, how can I help somebody get clear on what they want so I can help them reach their potential? And it starts by getting to first base and learning what to say so that I can get the appointment. Because without the appointment, the conversation never starts. So that's the kind of the phase. It's getting the appointment and doing the needs analysis where you can ask them the questions and consult. Then it's doing the presentation to bridge that gap, right? And then it's a closing and objection handling and transitioning them over. And you know, year after year, as and I just had a recruiting appointment yesterday. And what I've learned over the years is you got to become a way better listener because you got to real and you got to ask great questions to pull stuff out of them. And I was thinking when we were sitting with this guy, because this second time we've met with him and he's an independent. And the first time it was really difficult because it was hard to pull things out of him. When we met the second time, he was a little more open. We asked more pointed questions and weren't weren't afraid and, you know, danced around like Jimmy would call the elephant in the room. And it's interesting because the better you get at listening, the better questions you ask and the better clarity you actually get them to get because they're answering questions that make them even self-discover that, oh, wow, I'm really not having fun all the time doing this, right? And so I was thinking about this morning as I woke up at 440 and I thought, man, I love this magical thing that happens as I've learned to become a better listener. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the questions. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. So many of my clients or leaders that get into the recruiting space, it's they want to tell and sell. Yeah. Sell, tell and sell. And the person isn't even buying what they're saying because you don't know what they want. So you're selling something that you think they want because you never ask any questions. So to your point, it's, it's really a consulting process. And that needs analysis and recruiting, I think, is so powerful where it literally keeps you on track where you can't talk. You have to just ask a question and, and listen and then ask another question and drill down. And so 
I would say that one tip would be is, is master the needs analysis. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to be a great recruiter and a great listener because it all starts with listening, as you said. Rich, I want to ask you a little bit about, because I know, I mean, recruiting is a huge piece of what you do, but I know you don't do it all alone. Tell me, what does your team look like? You have cyber recruiters and I think you have productivity backers. And I see that like kind of probably all play into each other. So tell me what, how that looks in your organization. Sure. So a few years ago, as a MAPS coach, I got exposed to cyber backer, Craig Goodluck. Um, She came to a coach's training. He was a MAPS coach and said, hey, you know, we have these virtual assistants that can help us coaches scaling ourselves because, you know, where I was carrying 70 clients at the time, coaching and doing these other things. And that's, you know, that's almost 35, 40 hours on the phone, just on the phone. Mm. So notes and all that stuff. So I said, fine, I'm going to do that. And, and hired four years ago, a cyber backer. And it was, it changed my whole world. Having somebody that was my assistant that could run at the same speed and was highly skilled and qualified because I got a chance to hire and choose that person. So after I experienced that, I said, Craig, my gosh, we have a huge need in our company to get more appointments because of some of the things that we just talked about, right? And I can teach these cyber recruiters what to say. And if they have this kind of work ethic and skill and so forth, clients need this. I mean, we can really scale the recruiting in this company. And so that's how that started a couple of years ago. And we ended up having like 150, almost 200 cyber recruiters helping market centers set appointments and help them with the recruiting. And then that grew into, Craig said, my gosh, this is a really big need that we, that we need beyond recruiting, but just helping agents with their lead generation or helping them with their administration or their marketing or social media. And then it just turned into you know, a franchise opportunity. And now there's like 3,000 cyber backers that are working for some of the top agents and leaders in the company, primarily, you know, our company. And so that's how that started. I have about, personally, I have about 550 uh, cyber backers that work for myself and my franchises. I have 19 personally that pay for that work for me. Um, with Wait, my- you, have not, you have 19 cyber backers that work for you personally. Yes, yes. So, yeah. That's and, amazing. And, and, and it's until I, I figured out the power of leverage personally with my time, that's when my income doubled and, and you know, just really started to, to explode just in the last few years because I finally was able to let go and get that leverage in my own life to help me with my time because I was running at that speed of 70 clients for years and just trying to do it all myself. And adding the personal leverage really opened up my world. So I got to ask, with 19 cyberbackers, are they just getting so specific on what they do that they just do one thing, their unique thing? What does that job load look like? Yes. So that, that's the great thing about cyberbackers is they're specialized. You know, just like when we KPA somebody, what are they really good at? What's their job history? What are they skilled at? And so you you put those people in that role. So I have 10 of them that are that are lead generators, if you will, like ISA type profiles that, you know, work on the sales of my different businesses, the prospecting, the bringing in leads. I have eight others that handle the pairing of the clients that, that want the services and get them set up with the right talent. I have my own personal cyberbacker that does everything from my marketing to PowerPoints to taking notes with my clients to just everything that I need to, to run my 
businesses personally. And so it's just kind of, you put them in the boxes of where you need, you know, you need social media and marketing, you know, then, then that's that person. And they handle all that stuff because they're, they're graphic artists or whatever. And they understand all that, which is not my thing. So let them focus on their strength zone, which allows me to expand. That's awesome. What would be your piece of advice as to how to scale up? So if somebody is, you know, thinking about hiring either their first or maybe their second piece of leverage, what did you learn that you would share, like the good and the bad? I would say what I learned, you know, and uh, it's it's interesting as long as I've been in real estate that you know, I never had an assistant. Okay, Linda, I know that you're going to go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. But until four years ago, okay, I've been in the business 32 years. So four years ago, I finally said, surrender. I'm getting an assistant because, right, I didn't want to stop and train and slow down and do all that. Nobody can do it better than me and all that stuff that goes through your mind. Finally, I did. And again, my whole world changed. So what would be the advice is I would really look at that and what your times were. And what are the things that you don't have time to do that you're not getting to that you know would have a dramatic impact on your world and in your business? So if I could leverage those things off to somebody that specializes in that, how would that scale and grow my business and my income? And once I connected the dots there, again, things really started to explode because I was just doing it all myself. And you hit that ceiling of time and money because you can't do it all all by yourself. So it's understanding that. And then the, the second thing really was, is getting the scalability because COVID hit, right? And then we had all this, the stuff with the shutdowns and then people not going back to work. And then now the wages prices, you know, the the wages have gone through the roof and, and all this stuff. And so this has really allowed me to scale quickly because I can, I can hire a cyber for about a third of what it costs for a traditional employee, right? And I have all the, the, the taxes and insurances and all the stuff like we do. And so that allowed me to be able to, with the same budget, hire three times the amount of people to specialize in the different things that I needed for the same amount of money so I could scale a lot quicker. Mm. Yeah, that's great advice. That's great advice. So what do you think was the big holdup for you? Although, because that's a long time. Was it money? Was it that they can't, you felt like they were doing less quality than you? Was it just going so fast? You didn't, you didn't actually weigh out dollar productive that if you're doing $20 an hour work, you can't be doing $500 or $1,000 or $3,000 an hour work? Or what do you think it was that held you back? I'd say yes, yes, and yes, all of those. Right? <laughs> we all do that. Oh my gosh, I can't afford it. I don't want to slow down to train them. Nobody can do it as good as me. Plus my main business was coaching. So mm-hmm. what, I'm going to have somebody sitting here all day and what are they going to do, right? So when Craig introduced the virtual side of coaching support, it was like, that makes sense. I can have somebody transcribing the notes. So I don't have to sit there at the end of the day and send out 25 recaps of our calls. Wow, I can have somebody check my email that I'm getting 200 a day and handle a lot of the stuff that I don't need to look at. Wow, I can have somebody help me with my my marketing that I don't have time to do or clean up my training booklets and all the stuff that you know we have to do being in that space of a trainer and a coach. And so finally, it was like, wow, he showed me how that could be done actually virtually more effectively than hiring some alive body. So that's how it worked for me. I think if I was in a traditional business, you know, where maybe I was a, a, a realtor, that was my full-time thing as a real estate agent, 
or I was running a market center and I was there all day long. I think having an assistant probably would have came a lot earlier. I would need that live body and that would make sense. So I don't know if it's your question, but I think it was all of those things. I just didn't want to slow down and thought I could do it better. And, you know, can I really afford it and all that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think we talked a lot about your use of virtual talent in the real estate industry? Because you own so many cyberbacker franchises and have such a large reach, do you think it's any different? Like if a company wanted to utilize a cyberbacker for recruiting, wanted to have multiple cyberbackers come in and help in the organization, do you really think that there's any difference in how a cyberbacker could help them? Not at all. In fact, there's even more that we can do in that in those spaces because there's over 125 non-real estate cyberbacker users right now in the company. And I'm talking some big time people, Hyundai, Amazon, Wetzel's Pretzels that has 300 franchises. I mean, some big people that that understand that as a business owner, whether you're a small business owner or you're a big business owner, we all have the same challenge and that is time and scaling ourselves, right? And so if I'm running another business, you know, a small business owner has to do the accounting, accounts receivable, the marketing, the prospecting, the customer service, and all of that. And it's like, how do you do that? You're going to hire a $50,000 a year person to do that here, another $75,000 to do that. And then you can't afford to do that, much slowing down and training all those people. So cyberbackers can come in, again, 70% less than a traditional employee. They're already trained. There's a whole bunch of them. So when you have staff turnover, I can get another cyberbacker within a week to fill that space that's skilled and trained. So that that allows me not to be hamstrung if I have somebody that leaves my organization. So absolutely, uh, you know, businesses beyond real estate can really use this service and this program. I agree. I hear a lot of the similarities from different clients and different people that I talk to all the time, the struggles of all businesses and all industries. So well, thank you for coming and talking with Linda and I today. We loved having you on your wealth of information. So I know that in the past, you've given back to me personally. And I want to say thank you because I don't, didn't get the chance to say that in a group. And um, you gave back to so many people today and every day. And it, it was just a real pleasure to have you here and hear about what's going on with you and your business. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. And Linda, I mean, hey, you're in my direct upline. So if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. So Thank you for all that you've done for me and my market centers and coming in and training and teaching and, and all the things that the ways that you've poured into me personally and the people in my world. So I, I truly am grateful and appreciate that as well. well. My pleasure. My pleasure. Together we all achieve more, right? I heard that somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Great to see you again, Rich. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Don't forget to visit our website and download this week's piece of your leverage roadmap at leverageladies.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to and share this Leverage Ladies podcast with others. We would love to have you follow us on social media as well. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and be sure to follow us for ongoing tips, updates, and information. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is to leave a five-star review so that others are able to find the Leverage Ladies podcast. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Leverage Ladies podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we hope to catch you again in the next episode of the Leverage Ladies podcast. We'll see you then.